Welcome to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream, the show dedicated to fun, practical mental performance strategies for your golf game. Join mental performance coach Jamie Glazier and co-host Ross Flanagan as they discuss how to manage your mind in one of the craziest sports there is. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the final episode for 2020 of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast. Roscoe here, your co-host, and as always, joined by Jamie Glazier, back in Queensland. We caught up with him last week, but he's back in Queensland. He's back up on the, the GC. How are you, Jamie? Good, mate. Very well, thank you. Yourself? Um, very well, very well. Uh, it's got through the Christmas period into the uh, now post-Christmas golf madness that is uh, consuming my world of uh, in the golf yeah. world. And uh, it's it's really positive to see so many smiling faces committing to their golfing, uh, I guess, gear. And yeah, that means to me they're committing to their golfing game and also some new golf people coming in. Lots and lots of new faces uh, coming into golf and they've found found golf as as a really fun, enjoyable way to spend their time outside, spend their time with their golfing friends. I think uh, there's been a lot of connections made with the, the golfers and the non-golfers and the, and the golfers have won 2020. Uh, yeah. If there is a winner out of 2020, it's the golfers and they've brought yeah. a lot of the non-golfers into the game. So it's madness down here for me, uh, which is great. It was great to catch up with you briefly uh, last week. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, how was your crisp, you know, post-Christmas uh, and Christmas period, mate? Yeah, good. Uh, got, got back up here on the Gold Coast a couple of days before Christmas, so uh, uh, it was a busy week in Melbourne for the week that I was there, and uh, Jackie and I managed to get out to cool and get a tweet the other day to have a hit of golf, which was great. The place was um, absolutely packed uh, on the Sunday. Um, we had border closure here, so getting back across the border is a little time-consuming at the minute. takes about 14 minutes to get to cool and get a tweet and about an hour to get back over the border. So, um, uh, but no, it's uh, it's great. So I'm looking forward to playing a fair bit of golf uh, myself over the next week if I can. Um, but uh, as you say, it's a, it's a good time of year, just people are on holidays, relaxing. Um, so no, it's, it's been fantastic. Now, we did say that we were having a little hit with uh, one of your uh, stable stars, Lucas Herbert, and would be uh, remiss of us not to reflect on that. For me, first time I got to play with uh, golf with Lucas, and he was fully in activated fun mode, which you did and um, did alert me to. But wow, you know, Lucas in fun mode was a very enjoyable experience to watch him uh, play golf around a pretty serious and long golf course because we played the Peninsula Kingswood South course off the tips. And yeah. uh but what was even more impressive was, you know, the way that he golfed his ball using, you know, golf equipment that was probably three times as old as him. Yeah, he uh, he's really – one thing that he, he's loved since coming back home is he's playing with some old persimmon woods and some old vintage irons and wedges and um, an old vintage putter and just have fun playing golf. And, um, yeah, it was, was amazing to see him – hit the golf ball. I think he started with a double bogey. Um, he might have still been a little bit uh, worse for wear from the night before or probably the morning before. Um, started with a double bogey and ended up shooting uh, a very, very easy five under par. Um, what it looked like it was very easy. I, I can only imagine how difficult it would be for us. But, um, yeah, he was uh, he was in fine form both on the golf front and the banter front, as we expect from Herbie. So, um 
and we played uh, got to play with Luke Mackey as well, which was uh, which was my first time playing with uh, with the big fella. So uh, that was good fun. Now, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun, and we did lose the match overall two and one, but we did win the press and then take the uh, sandwiches off the boys on the last hole, thanks to um, well, I'm gonna myself up here thanks to Go one of my it, thanks to a great putt it was actually great up and down out of the bunker and I guess the reason why I sort of start with that is because when we talk about goals and in 2020 goals and then obviously this podcast we're going to dedicate to a little bit of 2021 goals yeah for me uh you know, it's no secret that as a Melbourneite it's been a, a challenging year we're not going to go cover back across that but the short game area was certainly a goal of mine to help improve my golf. Now I didn't play a lot of golf this year, but you know, when I did have the opportunity to put some work in, uh, I did put it around the short game area. I did put it around, you know, I worked with a little bit of stuff with Dom on a video, two or three videos really helped a little bit of putting indoors. And I think hopefully, you know, you haven't seen my golf for a while, but you got to see a little bit of that, that uh, come through. So, you know, one of areas of my goal, I guess setting process last year when when we covered this topic off last year was around yeah. that area, yeah. and I did have some improvement there. Many other things that um, you know we didn't get to fully activate, you know, in terms of me personally, uh, in terms of golf because of the situation. So if we're going to help people, you know, look at their twenty twenty review process, but then look towards twenty twenty one, yeah, how do we cover off, you know, this year? And, and look forward to next year. Yeah, look, it's it's the review process uh, at the end of the year is, is one that I love going through with clients and, and, and even myself. And, and uh, you know, obviously this year the landscape for everyone has been so different. As you say, the people in Melbourne from a golf point of view, have, the year has been compromised greatly. Um, people up here in Queensland, it probably hasn't been compromised very much at all. So it's depending upon where you are in the world, uh, your review process is going to be very different to a lot of other people. So um, I think first and foremost, no matter where you've been uh, in the world and how your golf has been compromised or hasn't been, I think people need to really factor in the stress that we've all experienced this year away from the golf course. You know, the year itself has been one of so many unknowns, uncertainties, uh, stress, a lot of fear around what the world is going to look like uh, professionally, possibly for a lot of us. So I think when we look at what we've achieved from a golf point of view, everyone has to factor in the off-course stress and anxiety with uh, the current, you know, climate and landscape that the world is in and how that stress and anxiety will definitely have a negative impact on your golfing performance. So mm. I think first and foremost, people just need to, to, to take that into account. Sometimes we experience stress and anxiety without actually recognising that we're really stressed and experiencing high-level anxiety. It's just we uh, you know, react and respond in a certain way, but some people brush it off and don't really sit and take the time to, to think and to, to say to themselves, I'm feeling stressed, I'm feeling anxious, and what do I need to do to manage it? So I think first and foremost, just to take that time to sit down and think about how much did stress and anxiety impact my behaviours, my uh, ability to engage with, with all the things in life, let alone golf, and, um, you know, what can I do to manage that stress and anxiety moving forward because, 
that climate and landscape we're in, although it might be a lot better than it was throughout the year, it's still unknown to a certain degree. Now, last year, this time last year, we had two episodes dedicated to goal setting. And I guess the easiest way for us to reflect on how to help the listeners go through a goal setting process is just very simply and easy to say, go back to episode six and seven of the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast, listen to those two episodes in their entirety. And, you know, you have a pretty concise information set to really look at your goals and how to set them. And there's some good techniques and strategies in there. Um, You know, for for those of us that did go through that and and have these goals and and have been working towards those, what, what is a good way to review them? You know, okay. Identify that we've had some stress and anxiety and how that's impacted them. But, you know, how do we sit down and and look at the, the measurements, look at the uh, accountabilities, look at the outcomes and the process goals that we spoke about. What is a good way to sit down and reflect on those? Well, I think the most important thing for me is so many people, when they go through the goal setting process, put some structure around what outcome they would like to achieve, but don't put a lot of structure or detail in what are the actions uh, on a daily basis that are going to help you to achieve those goals. So generally what um, I want people to do is think about how much time and effort did they put into engaging with their day-to-day actions and behaviours, the processes that are going to build the skill sets that are going to help them to achieve the outcome goal. So um, we almost like to sort of set an outcome goal, 12-month outcome goal, write it on a bit of paper, put it in a box, and actually don't open it until the varying stages uh, throughout the year, which are generally every three months, every six months, have a look at those, you know, the goal and and see whether you're on track, see whether you are actually making progress because I like to look at things every three months to see if you're not on track, if you're not making the progress you need to make to achieve your outcome goal, two things, one of two things have to change. Either your actions, your day-to-day actions need to change or you need to change your outcome goal. Um, If you think your day-to-day actions are going well and you're committing to them, you can feel improvement, Um, then if you're not on track to achieving that 12-month outcome goal, then it possibly means that your expectations are too high of yourself and you're setting setting yourself up for failure with an unrealistic outcome goal to begin with, which happens way too often. Yeah, so an outcome goal, and a very quick example of an outcome goal would would have been someone that might have said, by the end of 2020, I want to finish with a handicap of X. Yes, yeah. And usually yeah. I think you'll find a lot of us that set those and myself included, you know, yeah. set that benchmark fairly high. Yes. You know, like probably- even yesterday I had a session with a with a young elite golfer. He's off scratch. Um, you know, he was talking about a round of golf that he played last week and he was getting frustrated because he missed three 12-footers in the first seven holes. And I said, well, that's – I sort of was thinking to myself, that's pretty normal, missing 12 footers, that's that's okay. And when I asked him what his expectation percentage-wise of make rate with a 12-foot putt, he said 60 to 70%. So I showed him the data, the stats from the PJ Tour, the 21% of putts made from 12 feet from the world's best golfers, and he's just like, oh, okay, I can see why I was getting frustrated. So... You know, expectations are the most important thing. And for a lot of us, club-level golfers included, 
our expectations are way, way above our reality and, and what we can achieve. So being able to just sort of, you know, get, get everyone to understand, you know, that our expectations are our biggest enemy um, and the sort of sit those building blocks, small chunks at a time and build some momentum to achieving an outcome goal um, that helps to sort of disengage with that, that, that sort of high level expectation, that sense of failure. So, And when you go through that review process, you know, is there a way that we can translate that review into how we restructure the 2021 goal plan? Yeah. Um, so I have a sort of a philosophy around less is more. Mm-hmm. Most people think they've got to do more to achieve a goal, but in reality, you've got to do less. So when you go through a review process, have a think about how, how consistent you were focusing on one or two things for an extended period of time. And that extended period of time might be three months. Or did you chop and change? Did you not strike the ball that well one, one round and then change your swing feel or, or go and have a lesson with a new coach? Like, So think about the less is more process. It's about having that isolated attention for an extended period of time that's going to help you to build that skill set that is going to ultimately reap a reward and reap the benefits uh, on the scorecard. So um, a lot of journal writing. Um, so... Each week at the end of a week, sit down and and actually review how you've gone that week from a a commitment to your actions and behaviours and what benefits you're seeing on the scorecard. So once a week going through that, just a bit of a journal writing process, post-week journal writing process really helps to keep you accountable, but also to monitor whether those actions and behaviours are actually achieving the desired outcome. Mm. We did talk about the journal writing process and the power of that yeah. um, in episode six and seven. Yeah. With your elite athletes that you have continued to work with through, you know, the, the inability to travel internationally, yeah. you know, how are they going with their journal writing and, and some of their commitment to their 2020 goals? And, and where are you at with them in, in setting up the review process of that? Well, a bit different for those guys because we, we touch base two, three times a week. Yeah. Um, whether by phone or via Coach Now, um, which is a, a training space. Um, so we're basically, you know, monitoring and measuring on a daily basis. So, um, you know, but that's that's a professional golfer at the highest level who, you know, is playing full time. So in a week, they're probably getting as much golf and as much training in as a club level golfer might get in in three months, if not longer. Mm-hmm. So our review process can be a lot shorter because of the, uh, you know, the amount of time, um, you know, that's being put into it. How do you, you know, you're, so in that effect, and once again, in episode six and seven, we talked about having someone that can help you with accountability, yep. uh, an accountability buddy, you know, whether yep. that be your coach, a friend, yep. a golfing partner. Um, yeah. but, but someone who, who is on, you know, that wavelength that you're on, who understands what you're trying to achieve and where you're at and, yeah. and maybe someone that can, you know, just guide you without, you know, telling you how to do it, but guide you yeah. and keep you on track. In effect, you're very much their high level accountability buddy. Yeah. What's a conversation, you know, do you ever have 
someone that gets a little bit off track with their accountability? Um, their accountability say, to you? Sorry, go on. Yeah, I'll say yes. Um, I'll say they get off track sometimes with their accountability to me but never their accountability to their development because that's they're a professional athlete. They're self-motivated. They're self-driven. You know, they, they, they work sometimes harder than what they might need to. Um, so I never question or can be concerned about their accountability themselves. But, again, sometimes it's just difficult for them to, to manage everything. So that's why that less is more process is so important so that they can stay committed to and stay focused on the, the important things. Um, and also, I'm not, I don't want to be there to, to want of a better term, babysit them. So, yeah. you know, it's, I'm there to, to, to help support them and guide them to be self-sufficient and to, to be in control. You know, sometimes I like it when I let an athlete go for two weeks and I come back and they're, they're making, you know, great progress. It's because, that's, you know, they're taking complete ownership and control over what they're doing, uh, which is so valuable. Um, so, yeah, there is that balance between being a high-level accountability buddy and then someone that's, that's you know, actually more so controlling uh, a lot of the things they do as opposed to the athlete being in control. So then looking forward to 2021, yep. it, you know, is there a... a a step process is there something that we haven't covered off last year in these uh, two episodes that um you know we can share with the the listeners that might help them set their 2021 vision and dream board and, and goal priority setting yeah so you know all the great stuff as you said is back in episode six or seven so i definitely recommend everyone to go back and listen to that take some notes look at the exercises that that really do help support a good quality goal setting program. Um, but so the thing I want to bring to the table for 2021 is what I would clarify as a, a narrative exercise. Basically, um, if we look at 2021 as a book that has 12 chapters uh, and the 12 chapters basically resemble each month of the year, an exercise that I get people to do is to sit down and write out the book of 2021, starting with January, where they currently are at, uh, write the story of January, what their golf's going to do, uh, their training, their, their commitment to their training, their commitment to their development. Is January going to be committing to, you know, having a lesson with their swing coach once every two weeks? Is it going to be committing to some of their mental game processes that they've learned through the podcast or the Inside Golf Academy training programs. Um, have a look at, at what January is going to entail and actually write that story. Write a couple of paragraphs or a paragraph about what January is going to look like and then February, March, and actually just start to write the book of 2021. And then what actually happens is... When they, when they start to create that story of 2021, they know what they've got to commit to each month to continue that journey along the way to where they start the year and where they want to end the year. And with so many different psychological patterns, things like confirmation bias, where we act and behave in a way to uh, support what we believe about ourselves, 
Um, when you write that story, and that's who you want to become, you start to act and behave in a way that supports that narrative. So um, that's a really powerful exercise. And people can go into as much or as little detail around, you know, each chapter as they want. Um, you know, obviously, the more chapter, the more information, but, um, uh, the, you know, the more actions and behaviours that they need to commit to. But, again, it, it's, it's such a, a great exercise because it does still hit the spot with people that are high-level detailed or people that just like minimal amount of detail. It is, I can see how that would be very valuable. Uh, and if, if you're new to the goal setting process and, you know, it's a skill and it's like any skill, you know, you can learn, you can develop, you can improve. The The, the best thing to do is to start. Um, if you haven't been, you know, a, a religious or a, a person of, you know, setting goals around life, around golf, um, definitely start. And and for me, and I, and I openly said that, uh, in the last uh, episode six and seven a year ago, I can't believe it's a year ago still, that I, I, I traditionally haven't been a great um, implementer of, of goal setting. Yeah. I, I did mention a couple of little strategies that I, that I put in place and I took a lot of it from a corporate experience. Uh, one of those was to get the uh, post-it notes out, is to write all the areas of that I wanted to work on or I saw opportunities to develop and, and grade those into some areas of commonality and yeah. I can see how they might fit into, you know, that sort of 12-month chapter book. Um, yeah. And I did that. Yeah. And I also wrote some of my own personal goals uh, on the big format uh, post-it notes. And they sit there where I'm not doing the podcast in the podcast studio today, um, but yeah. they sit there in that and I look at them all the time. They sit yeah. on the cupboard where I open up to get my camera, my microphones, the recording, and you can't help but see them. Yeah. And, and for yeah. me, that was a super valuable process to be able to just to check in daily weekly and have a look at those and you know some of those notes because i've shared with them those little mind maps and the vision yeah. boards and the dream boards or, and whatever yeah. you you call it um, yeah. and i had that pretty much mapped out and really yeah. helped me really helped me a lot now you know the, the month by month process i can see a lot of value in that didn't do didn't do that yeah um but that's something that i need to to implement because that i i can see how that with this new level of, I guess, commitment to the process, yeah. not being not being expert level, but the commitment to it, I can yeah. see how that would absolutely fit in perfectly. Yeah, look, it's um, it's such an interesting. I've, I had a session again uh, yesterday with another young kid who's really really good player. Um, played a big tournament a couple a week or so before Christmas, and sort of just he said his attitude wasn't quite where he wanted to be. He wasn't quite in the right headspace and. When I said to him, you know, attitude and mindset is a skill that needs to be developed like a flop shot or a bump and run. Mm. But how much time do you spend developing that skill set versus the drills, exercises you need to commit to, the reps you need to put in to developing your attitude and mindset? And he's like, well, I don't really. And I'm like, well, we need to put some structure in these exercises now. These are the drills, whether it be an affirmation, whether it be meditation, whether it be visualization. Those exercises are like drills, are like repetitions for hitting balls to develop the skill set of the mental game. And, um, you know, for me, last week when we played, like, yeah, I can see definitely you worked on your short game a lot. Your skill set was so much better from a short game point of view 
that doesn't necessarily always translate into a better mental game. But one thing that showed me that you'd done a great job with that is when you had that, I think it was around about a nine foot, eight foot putt on the last to win, you pulled your phone out and gave it to me to video it. Now, for me, that's someone that feels really good about this situation and about their ability to execute and they want it shown on, on video, which is going to add an extra element of pressure then what I noticed was when you stepped up to that putt, there was no, you know, no more time spent preparing. There was no over trying. You just stepped in, had a practice putt, looked at the hole and just hit the putt and nailed a dead center. And I was like, holy shit, that's, that's the Ross that I see on the tee balls. That's the Ross I see hitting iron shots. Just, you know, ball target, let's go, bang. No overthinking, no overtrying. So to see that translate into a big, a big situation um, was really cool to see. Obviously, that belief and that mental space you're in was built off all the work you'd done technically and the training and the practice to to have competence. Because we've spoken a lot about you can't have competence. Oh, sorry, confidence if you don't have competence. So you've built up that framework of competence that's now translated to that that ability to execute. And uh, for me, that was the coolest thing uh, out of the whole day. So um, so that was really good. Uh, yes, I was co- conscious of, I, you know, I wanted it on video because I wanted that positive sort of reinforcement. Now, I was really confident that I could, you know, hit that putt and, you know, I sunk a few during the day and missed a couple. But, you know, I felt yeah. putting-wise uh, that everything that I putted on that day had a chance. And it'd been a, been a while. Had, obviously, I've only played like three games of golf since the post-lockdown period in Melbourne here. But yeah. I, I really felt that everything had a chance. And it's been a while since I've felt that. So, yeah. you know, it was like that. It's now and ever. I, I can't imagine what it's like to be Lucas and, you know, have a putt to win whatever, you know, whatever tournament. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I know now what it feels like to have him watching over my shoulder with, um, you know, I, I'm sure he doesn't like paying paying for sandwiches, let alone, you know, for me anyone, more than anyone else. So I know what it feels like to have his pressure looking over yeah. me. And yeah. that was a really powerful thing. And I'll take that away. Um, yeah. But because yeah, he would have he would have absolutely dug the boots in if you didn't hold that after giving oh, me the camera. 100%. And you knew that. And then you saw the look on his face when you hold it. He was filthy. <laughs> Filthy, but that's you know that's what for for us club level golfers that's our that's our winning the Masters you know that's mm. our winning a tournament is can I hold a putt on the last to win the press and make these guys pay for lunch like that's the banter the fun that's the thing we love about golf and um, you know I think that's the thing that drives us all um, sometimes can get lost in our own personal goals and and you know. But ultimately, we play golf for the fun, the the relationships, the friendships, and those moments of of taking your mates, uh, you know, money uh, uh, on on the last hole. So yeah, so that was really really cool. But I guess just to finish on that whole thing and to set it up, you know, it it, it wasn't just luck. You know, the the reps had been put in. Now yeah. we spent three months not coming to work every day in a normal sense yeah. uh, in Melbourne. So. Yeah. You know, we spent three months not getting access to the golf course, but yeah. I hit more putts of six foot length in that period of time than I've ever hit in my life. 
Yeah. Now I disbanded the the mental attachment to having to hit and use a mallet putter. Yeah. And you know, took some uh, leaf out of your book and went back to a blade putter, which yeah. had very little support. Had a line on it, my one that I have, yeah. but um, it really took away that reliance on other things. Yeah. You know, yeah. excuses. Uh, I need a mallet because you know I haven't been putting great, so I must need a mallet because that is the solution for all things. Now, for some people, yes, it is because I fit people for putters all the time. Yeah. But for me, I knew that my I knew that I could do it, yeah. but I just put the work in. I put the reps in. You know, every yeah. every hour that I walk past my room where I've got the little perfect practice putting mat, yeah, I would I would hole. I wouldn't leave until I hold 10, 12, yeah. 15, six footers. Yeah, and that that just made me feel like I can hold a 10, 12. Yeah, yeah, you know, ten or twelve six footers in a row. Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah, and you so never like that putter. You've you know obviously because of the industry you're in, you you, you come to a round of golf with a new club nearly every week, and you're trialing this. And that putter by far was the best looking putter in your hand, bar none that I've seen you use in the mm. past few years. Just you had more feel. You were more creative. You you know you weren't trying to match up a line on the putter with a line on the ball and become so internally focused you were just out of the hole and and just feeling and it was it was sensational to watch so it was a good takeaway for me it was a good way to finish uh, my 2020 golf now when we look at our own goals some of the, the things we discussed around the podcast uh you know i think back in episode six or seven one of the two you know you talked about making some high level video content and yep. you know, i think you know with the work that you know, came out of lockdown, you know, it was essentially one of these great projects that were born in a lockdown. Um, the Insight Golf Academy was was brought to life and, you know, you, you've been able to churn out a whole plethora of great quality video content, albeit not on a golf course, you know, a lot of it in indoors where you're sitting there now, yeah. but, um, you know, yeah. you can you can get that in those programs that you've released and it's, it's wonderful. And there's, you know, hundreds of people that have signed up to the, a variety of the programs that we have. And, yeah. um, yeah. you know, so that, that box was definitely ticked for you in yeah. terms of video content and making something for me, keeping busy in that lockdown and, and churning this energy for business and yeah. um, to helping you with that was, was a great um, way for me to get through that period. Uh, it yeah. just, you know, it was challenging yeah. being a business owner, but being having something to focus on was so valuable to me. Yeah, and look, you know, same here, mate. I think the, the one thing that this year was able to do for me was free up some time to put some energy into the building of these training programs. I've wanted to do it for years, but I just haven't had the time and which is such a poor excuse. I know the time thing, um, but just with travel commitments and all that sort of stuff, it just wasn't high enough on my priority list to be able to commit to it. Um, but this year I had that time. So I did put time into it and it's been great to, as you say, you know, get three or four courses up there, another, another, one, you know, launching early in the new year around the pre-shot routine um, and just have, you know, those, those people sign up, which is fantastic. And we'll continue to, to commit to putting that content in. The podcast has gone really well. We've got a lot of really good guests on. We've got some great guests coming up with some, some stories around their journey on the mental game and, um, you know, more club level guests. I think we've had a lot of guests, you know, like JD and Herbie and, and, and Austin, some, some elite golfers, but we want to try and get some more club level golfer guests on that, that, you know, we can all relate to the podcast is listened to by a lot of club level golfers. So we want to really make sure that we continue to develop content that's specific to them. And, um, 
mate, it's been a, a really good 2020 on that front. And, um, you know, hoping next year we can continue to, to punch out more episodes. And we spoke about, you know, instead of the you know, long, longer sort of hour length episodes, let's try and each week just put in a 30 minute episode and churn them out every week. And um, so that's that we're going to try and continue to commit to that at the start of the new year and um, go from there. Wonderful. Well, I'm I'm signed up. I'm on board. Uh, I've uh, I'm fully committed. If uh, if you are out there listening to this, and we had some great success last year on the back of those uh, goal setting uh, episodes, a couple of people shared their their goals with you, um, yep. which they allowed us to then articulate and share those. If you want to share your 2021 vision board, dream board, goal setting process, uh, and anything that you want to take out of episode six, seven, and, and whatever 20 we're, we're up to now um, yeah. and share that with us. You know, we'd be, we, we, that's our fuel, you know, that that's what helps us, uh, you know, stay even, on track. Even if they want to share, even if they short, share, want to share one of the chapters for next year, one of their yep. narratives out of, out of 2021 would be really cool for us to, to share and, and talk about. So um, yeah, that'd be, that'd be awesome. Excellent. Well, everyone, thank you for joining in in 2020 to the mental mastery golf podcast it continues to rate very highly in the charts i'm not one to look at charts too often but when i do have a glance i see it up there and amongst some very uh you know highly regarded podcasts so that means that uh it's being listened to and you're getting value out of it and you know it's a pleasure for me to be part of it and jamie it's a pleasure to sit alongside you each uh, time we do it thanks for everything mate back at you mate it's been great i hope everyone had a great christmas and uh I'm looking forward to a happy and safe New Year's Eve in a couple of days. And, um, yeah, wishing everyone the best for uh, the start of 2021. Thanks very much. And we will see you on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast and at Insight Golf Academy in 2021. Until then, enjoy. Thanks very much. Thanks for listening to the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast by Dare to Dream. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and head over to daretodream.com.au for exclusive access to the free video program, Eight Tips to an Unbreakable Mental Game. Join us next time on the Mental Mastery Golf Podcast.